0: Come on, someone give our God just 10 more seconds of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that no matter where we come from, you are here to welcome us. God, no matter what we've done, we're welcome in your house. No matter where we've been, what we've seen, what we've said, God, no matter what we've did, we thank you that every one of us is welcome and loved in your house. God I thank you that you love us too much to leave us how we came in but God that coming into your house means that we get to leave a little better than when we walked in. That coming into your house means we get to leave a little more blessed than when we walk in a little more whole than when we walked in, a little more healthier than when we walked in. Lord God I thank you that every one of us that's here today God is going to leave a little bit better a little bit happier, stronger, healthier, maybe with a bit more joy than when we walked in, Lord. God, I just pray that you would use this time to speak to every one of us. God, to inspire us, to remind us, to help us, to heal us. God, I ask that you help me to preach your word, the word that you have for us today, God, because we're here for you. We want you to come and do what you do. God, we're not here just for man's words, man's opinions. But God, because we know that every word in this book is powerful. So God, help us to receive it today. We pray in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. 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 How y'all going? You having a good day? Yeah? Half the room, the other half still waiting to see? Yeah? Yeah? find like 10.30 service, right? You're like, yeah, we slept in. Just made peace with that. We slept in. Look, not really awake yet. I'll let you know at 12 how it went, right? Is that 10.30 service? Come on. Uh, The 8.30 was conspicuously small today. I was like, "Uh aha. All right. Obviously, a lot of 8.30 people got flip phones, You know, only flip phone people need to be told to set their clocks. Every year, people are like, set your clock forward. I'm like, how about you don't, because you have a smartphone. You set your clock forward, you're going to be two hours early to church the next day, right? Come on. Now, the only people that need to set their clocks forward on Daylight Savings is people who have a flip phone. And evidently, a lot of those people attend the first service. So, But... uh, but then Saturday night, I think also a lot of them were like, you know, I ain't going to lose that sleep. So Saturday night was like full. So I'm like, well, lots of people. So anyways, good times, right? So, But y'all are awake, yeah? Yeah, good. Y'all ready for the word though, right? Yeah, like tired, but ready. Yeah, yeah. You shook it off, did you, in the worship? you like, shake it off. Come on. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, I'm going to read to you. From, um, from 1 Corinthians 12, so if you can just go to 1 Corinthians 12 in your Bibles, uh, and just while you're on your way there, I just want to say welcome to everybody to church today. Uh, if you're new to Eternity Church, thanks for coming. We've got a gift for you after the service in the lobby out there. Uh, we've got a welcome box for you, and uh, we just really are glad that you're here. Uh, I believe with all my heart that uh, the more time you spend in God's house, uh, the more time you spend here. Um, the more God's just going to speak to you, inspire you, bless you. Um, God's a good father, you know that? You know that? God's a good father. And, um, and He does love you and He does want to bless you. Uh, and spending time in His house should refresh you and, and help you and inspire you and heal you. And, uh, and so I just want to tell you, the more time you spend here... Uh, the better it's going to go, okay? So if in one year, if you say, I've been coming to Trinity Church nearly every week for a year, I tell you, I promise you, you're going to look back and say, it was a good year and God did good things in my life. So I want to encourage you, if you're new, to come next week and the week after, and the week after that, and the week after that, and I should move on. So, But anyway, but seriously, and, and everybody here today, we just want you to know we love you. Uh, I love you and I'm glad that you're here today. I do believe that that God has a word for you that's going to help you break some shame off your life, uh, that's maybe going to encourage you to, to get past some, some roadblocks in your life uh, and also give you some purpose in your life. Um, there are some people in every church that are on spiritual welfare, all right? And uh, when we're on spiritual welfare, we're, we're not contributing a lot. Um, but, and, and there's seasons, right, where you just need help, right, where you just need to come and be ministered to, um, but, <clears throat> but we're not designed to live our lives like that. And just like in the world, when, we, when people are on welfare for too long, they lose drive, they lose purpose, they lose dignity. And, uh, and in the church as well, we don't want you to be on spiritual welfare. We want you to, to be blessed in those seasons where you need that extra help. But we want you to get up and be a part of it. We want you to experience the favor and the blessing of God in your life as you find purpose uh, and anointing for what God's called you to do. Amen? Amen. And so uh, and I just believe that this word's going to really bless a lot of you today. Uh, verse 12 to 27, um, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ for in one spirit we're all baptized into one body Jews or Greeks slaves or free I love that Jews or Greeks slaves or free it doesn't matter what the world's policies are you know so even when there was slavery do you know what one body one body In the house of God, there's no such thing as slave or free. In the house of God, there's no such thing as Jew or Gentile. In the house of God, there's no such thing as Australian or American. There's just one body, amen? One body. What the world says and what the world does has nothing to do with what's going on in here, amen? This is one. but They want to divide us. They want to separate us. They want to tell us, well, there's this person with this past and there's this person with this past. But I'm telling you, we are one body. Amen. One body. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason not be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, I love that. I think that's hilarious. Big all eye. I think it's funny. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the body. Hear that? God arranged the members of the body. God arranged the members of the body. God arranged you. God arranged this. And each of them as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Uh, 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 on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker Are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we actually bestow greater honor, and on our unpresentable parts we treat them with great modesty, which our more presentable parts don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, and that there may be no division in the body, that but that many members Have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, they all suffer. If one member is honored, well, they all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Isn't that a great word? Come on. You are the body of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, you are. Turn to the other side. The body of Christ. Awesome. I'm going to preach a word for you. Would you high five three of your neighbors and you may take your seats. In a room full of hundreds of people, I'm barely hearing any high fives. I'm not going to preach till I hear a bunch of high fives. Go. There we go. There we go. There we go. I I just, I love this scripture. It's a great scripture, isn't it? Right? (laughs) Like it is, eh? Like, it's a great scripture. I love the illustration in it, right? Like, if the whole body were an eye. And I think it's hilarious. I'm I'm just picturing all of you guys, just hundreds of eyeballs out there and nothing else, just bumping into each other. Can't do nothing about it, but I can see it coming. You know, like just a whole bunch of eyes, or just a whole bunch, I hear you. But I can't tell you I hear you, but I hear you. I can't tell I hear you, but I can't tell you because I don't have a mouth, right? Like like I think the imagery is absolutely hilarious of it, right? Because we're all different. All of us, we're all different. We've all got a different role to fulfill in the body of Christ. Now we got two eyes, we don't need three. Right? We don't need a whole bunch of spleens. We got one. We don't need a whole bunch of hands. We got one, right? God has arranged the body just how it needs to be, all right? We are the body of Christ. You need to write this down. I am. I am the body of Christ. See, we often look look at a message like this or, Or a passage like that, and and we're like, yeah, we, broadly, you know, we, we are the body of Christ. But you need to make it personal, you need to realise, I am the body of Christ. You, you are The body of Christ. You are a part of it and God arranged it. I love how it says he composed it, right? We are all a note. When we we all come together, this body functions beautifully. It's like a song. It's like like a manuscript, you know. It just functions better when all the parts of the body uh, fulfill the role that God designed them to, to be. See, God put you in the body. That, no, no, seriously, God put you in the body. You're supposed to be here. Every single one of you. You are supposed to be here. It's not an accident. It's, it's not a mistake. We actually need you to fulfill the role that God designed for you. When you look at the body, it's supposed to have... Now, I know there are times where, where certain people have an amputation or, or, have, or have a problem or something, something happened, and, 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 but, but we are supposed to have two hands. And we're supposed to have two eyes and we're supposed to have two lungs and we're supposed to have kidneys and we're supposed to have a a buttocks and we're supposed to have feet, right? And we function best when all those parts of the body fulfill their role. Now, if a person or a part of the body does not fulfill that role, then, then we don't function how we're, how we're supposed to, right? Now, maybe in my body, uh, maybe I can get along okay, maybe I can find a way to, to survive, maybe even thrive with some help and some support, but my body's supposed to function a particular way, right? Right? Right Now, if, 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 I, if my leg is sore, I, I may then begin to limp a little bit, right? And, and, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to get to the grocery store, but, but I'm not going to get there like I'm supposed to, right? And, and, and as I get there, I may end up actually doing some damage to another part of my body as I compensate for what's happened in this other part of my body. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever had a sore neck and then as you're doing this, after all, this bit's better, now the other side's sore, right? I feel like that's what I do. If, as soon as I hurt some sort of neck or back muscle, I just go through each vertebrae one at a time until we get a full reset, right? As you start compensating, it begins to do damage. In fact, as, as one part of the body is gone, some other part of the body has to do more than it was designed to do. Has to, has to do more than it's supposed. So, so this part's missing out on life and fulfillment and purpose while this part is being stressed out and worn out because there's a part of the body that's missing or not functioning the way that it's supposed to. You need to understand that God put you here and you're supposed to be here and, and he composed it this way and he has a role for you to play. There's something that he wants you to do. Excuse me. You you have a part to play. And as the pastor and as the leaders in this church, it's not our job to try and determine whether or not you are supposed to be here, but rather to help you discover what it is you're supposed to do here. Does that make sense? See, we're not up here trying to figure out well, well are you the sort of person that we want here? You know, well who do I I don't want the weird people. I just want I just want people like me. Because honestly, when you say weird people, you really mean anybody that's like plus or minus 10% of what you are, right? Right? Which makes you weird to everybody else. And then we're to you, right? And so, so, so if we were deciding who we should or should not have, who is and is not allowed, who should or should not be used by God in our church, what we're going to do is pick a whole bunch of people that are just like us, and then we're going to have a whole bunch of eyeballs. And that's it. And then there's nobody to actually put their hand in the way and be like, that eye is about to hit the other eye. It's just going to happen. We, we need everybody to fulfill the role that God has called you to do. Amen? And you all have a role. We don't want to be the church that determines or tries to decide who is or is not welcome in the house of God. See, weird people deserve community too. <laughs> Say that again for those up the back. Weird people deserve community too. Like, you know, I so many times, like, we got a church that attracts weirdos, right? I'm like, well, every church attracts weirdos. Why? Because when weird people get saved, they're still weird. Always. Anyone else notice that weird, unsaved people usually just become weird, saved people? Anyone else notice that? Right? Like, that's been my experience over the last 10 years of pastoring this church, that, that, that when someone's weird and they get saved, they become saved and weird. And that's it. See, who's got a weird unsaved person in their family, right? Give me a wave. There's someone weird in your family that you're like, man, if they would only get saved, yeah? Well, listen, well, let's pray they get saved, but they will still be weird. But imagine that weirdness full of the Holy Ghost. They may be weirder. All right, come on. That's like that weirdness to the power of 10. Come on, you hear what I'm saying, Right see we we, we we tend to be like we want everybody to be normal, but what 's normal right you ain't normal yes I am pastor no you're not you and me I think i 'm normal sometimes i ain 't normal all right you're not we're not we, we don 't want to ever be the church that just wants people like us people who act like us talk like us look like us dress like us no we want to be the church that helps everybody find. What God designed them to do. God, why did you bring them here? God, what is it that you want to do in their lives in this place, God? We want to be the church that weird people are still welcome at too. Why? Well, because why? Well, other weird people need to know Jesus. And if they see you at the door, they might be like, Oh, yeah, weird people are welcome at this church. And they might actually come in because you were at the door. <clears throat> come on right? I'm not calling you weird, but you probably are. We're all a little bit weird, right? Everybody is. But we want to be the church that makes sure that people are always welcome here. See, and not just welcome, but actually welcome to serve here. We we want to be the church where everyone's welcome to serve God, even the weirdos. Come on, even the weirdo. You can take a photo of that, put that on your Instagram and be like, everybody can serve God at Eternity Church, even the weirdos. And be surprised how many of your friends are like, I knew that's why you go there. (laughs) Now, this is good news for some of y'all families, all right? This is good news for my family. Have you met my wife? She's married to a weirdo. And she has five little miniature weirdos in her little family, right. Like, 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 we're not normal. Trust me, the Newmans aren't normal, all right? Like, I'm not the guy. That, now, you may or may not believe, you may look at our church and be like, oh, it's a great church. God's doing great. Or you might be like, eh, it's nothing. Whatever. Wherever it is you think this place is, well, I'm not the guy anybody thought would be able to do it. I, I, I'm the guy they thought might get maybe 2% of what's happening here at Eternity Church, all right? Like, so, so I'm not, nobody looked at my life growing up and was like, oh, that kid's going places. No, no, they were like, they, well, they thought I was going, they thought I was going to hell. That's the only place they thought I was going, right? Like, people are blown away. They're surprised. Why? Because God uses weird people. He does. God uses odd people. God uses old people. Everybody, anybody just be willing to say, God, if you, if you can use anything, would you use me? And he will. And he does. Amen. You think, you don't think I'm weird? Look, growing up, I talked all the time, nonstop. I was so hyperactive. I still am. I actually feel like I was hypo before I went into the refiner's fire. I was hypo on the other side of the refiner's fire. It must be of God. All right. All right. That's why I drink so much coffee. I'm like, just lean into the gift of God on my life, you know? If I'm hypo after, come on, let's go, right? But I talk so much, I still talk a lot. But I talk so much that whenever I went to visit Uncle Ben and Auntie Gail at their house, Uncle Ben would meet me at the door with three pieces of paper. They had one on it, two on it, three on it. And anytime I wanted to ask a question, I had to hand in a piece of paper, all right? And, and then when the paper was done, I, I was done talking. And if I kept talking, he, he would just completely ignore me, right? The house would be on fire. Can you help me? Nope, too bad. You used up your questions. You should have saved one for an emergency, you know? I know some of y'all think that's child abuse. It's just the way it was in Australia, right? Like I talked so much, so much. And I I still do, I know, I know. And then then on top of that, like I, I didn't just talk a lot. It wasn't like, hey, nice wall. It was like, hey, what's wrong with your wall? You know what I mean? Like just stupid things that, that annoy people. That that honestly, that annoy people. They're like, man, freaking Jesse's coming to visit again. You know, like I, well, I'm just being honest. I'm not even making it up. I said stupid things all the time. I actually remember one time that the guest pre- that we had a guest preacher at our church and um and and then and I'm pretty sure I was on staff at this point and I was hanging out with the guest preacher and and uh and, and, and again I was on staff, right? So I'm not eight anymore, right? And and I was hanging out with the guest preacher and whatever else, and, and I don't remember what I said. I said something completely stupid. I still do that, right, like when I hang out with people. And then, and I remember hearing the, the lead pastor say to one of the other team members, man, look, when we have guest preachers, we've got to keep Jesse away from them. You know? And, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor at this point. And they're like, that kid is so weird. We've got to keep him away from a guest speaker so they won't want to come back here, you know? Like that, that, that was me. I'm still like that, you know? Like so many times we go out for dinner with people and, and on the way home, I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I'm starting to recognize it. It hasn't changed, but I'm at least recognizing it, you know? Step one is admit there's a problem, Right. And uh, so we got there, and so actually soon I'm hoping to take the governor out for dinner. I just, like Lauren and I, we want to take her out and just say thank you so much for the way you've led Iowa the last couple of years, you know, allowing our churches to be open and to worship and to serve people, and we're thankful for that. But one thing I know for sure is on the way home, Lauren's going to be like, I can't believe you said that to the governor. (laughs) Like that's for sure going to happen, you know. Um, Don't let her see this beforehand. Let her discover that crazy at at the dinner, you know. But like that, that's the sort, of, I, I, I do, I say weird things and people think I'm stupid. How many times in a sermon have you been like, I can't believe he said that, right? Come on, hands up if you've been in a sermon and you've walked home and said that, you know. I can't believe God's using that guy, <laughs> you know. But, but it's true. I grew up in a trailer park. Ain't nobody going around a trailer park being like, yeah, we got a whole bunch of leaders up in here, you know. That, that's not what they're doing. No one's saying, that guy's for sure going to get married, stay married, have a bunch of kids with the same person. No one thinks that. No one was thinking that about me, you know. I didn't know that I, that it was weird growing up in a trailer park because honestly, in Australia, we call it a caravan park. And I just thought it was different. But I moved here and found out, nope, I am trailer trash, apparently. And so... All right. I thought maybe it was a different thing, but it's the exact same thing, and so there you go. But I was weird back then, and I'm weird today. I was weird before I was saved, and then I got saved, and now I'm saved and weird. We even have a t-shirt at Eternity that says that, because Jesus loves weird people too, amen? But I tell my wife all the time, that, that and, and, and I'm, I'm harping on this weird thing, but I want you to I want you to understand something that that we really do believe that weird people deserve an opportunity to serve God as well because they're part of the body of Christ, okay? You, whether you think you're normal or whether you think you're a weirdo, you are part of the body of Christ and you have a role to play and you're supposed to be here and we function better when you're doing what God has called you to do. I don't know if you're a hand or an eyeball, but we need you here and we need you doing what God equipped and called you to do. Amen. I don't. Maybe you're a butt. Everybody needs a butt. You're sitting on it right now. It's a lot more comfy because of that butt. But seriously, we got eyes. We got well, Someone's got to be the butt. We need a butt. Everybody needs a butt, right? But seriously, there are people in the church, right? What happens when you hang out with the butt? Well, you get poop on you. <laughs> and hands up if you know who that is in the church, right? <laughs> right? There are, hands up if it's you. No, uh, there, there are people in the church that every time you hang out with them, it's like, man, drama. This crap gets on me. Drama, 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 mess, 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 mess. Well, my grandpa this, and well, now it's my grandma that, and then my sister this, and my daddy that, and, and my kid this, and, and now I've lost my job, and someone backed over the dog, and, and, and I was going to write a country song. And, and like, you know you know those people, <clears throat> right? And, and there's drama, right? But guess what? Even in the midst of the drama and the crap in their lives... They get to serve God. Even in the midst of all that, they are a part of the body and we need them. And we don't ever want to be the church that makes that person whose life is full of drama feel like they aren't welcome here. We don't ever want to be that church. We don't, Well, you know what? We're, we're about to build a new building. It, well, we're going to start building it in like 18 months, but we're going to launch that to you guys uh, in, in a few weeks. We're going to show you the pictures. We're going to tell you why. And it's cool because our church is one of maybe one of one or two churches in all of Iowa that, that is bigger now, that is growing now than when, we, than when we were before the pandemic, right? Now, it's not because we're better than anybody. Do not get that wrong. It's not because we bet like Saturday night service is double the size, or at least it feels like, than what it was before the pandemic. It's way bit It's unreal what God's doing in this place, right? And so we're going to start building a new building. Because if we keep growing, well, we are growing, because y'all keep bringing your friends. If you haven't brought a friend, bring one. Don't care how weird they are, bring them, right? Um, but, but as that happens, we don't want to be the church in three years goes, oh, we've got to run 18 services. No, we're going to be ready for it. We're going to be ready for it. And we're taking steps of faith. But here's the thing. Here's what happens. As churches grow, which we have, we've grown a lot just in 10 years. And and as they build new buildings or whatever else, right, we don't want to be the church that gets so big and so bougie that that family full of drama doesn't feel welcome anymore. You hear what I'm saying? We, We don't ever want to get so fancy that the butt doesn't feel welcome in church anymore. Come on. We, we don't ever want to get so bougie that broken, hurting, lost people don't, so protective of our image, so protective of our nice, shiny white walls that we don't want messy, dirty kids in our church. Come on, we don't ever want to be that church. Everybody's welcome in the church. And if you're at church and you ever get that moment where you're like, I wish that family wasn't here. Listen, maybe they could behave better, but your heart needs to be fixed. Because if you start thinking that somebody else is too annoying for the house of God, your heart needs to be healed. That's on, you need to change your heart. Amen. I'm just saying, that's a little correction moment for you. Come on. Change your heart. Well, I'm new. Change your heart. Stick around. It'll be good for you. Amen. We don't want to be that church. I'd rather crash and burn than be the church that decides we only want eyeballs here. Come on, I don't want to be that church. I like what Pastor Amanda says. Where's she at? I like what she says. She says that, that as we grow and, and as we move into to new things and new favor and new growth and new build, what we, want, we want to make sure we stay scrappy. Right. Yeah. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, stay scrappy. We want to stay scrappy, amen. Now, I'm not saying we want excuses to not be professional and to not do the work. No, we will do the work, particularly as you do the work you're called to do. Amen. We will do the work, but we're not going to be the church that when there's a chord change that, that went bad, we're going to get angry at our team. We're not going to be the church that, that when your kid comes in here and smashes a window, we make you pay for it and then ask you to not come back anymore. We're not going to be that church. We're going to stay scrappy. Can I get an amen? amen? I Say all that to say this. We need you. You're a part of the body. We need you. And if you start to think that you don't belong in the church, that is a lie. It comes from the devil. The Word of God shows me something different. If you think you don't belong in the church, you think you got no role to play, it's a lie and it comes from the devil. The devil is a liar. Kick him out. Get behind me, Satan. Come on. You, you, you belong here. <clears throat> There's something you can do here, amen? It's a lie. You know what happens when, when, we, when someone gets cut off from the church? It hurts you and it hurts us. You heard about people who have like an arm amputated or a leg amputated and then they suffer sometimes from this thing called phantom pain. This idea that, that, that what happened, they might have had their arm removed but they can still feel pain in their hand down here. They feel it down here. And when you remove yourself from the church and when you bench yourself and you stop serving and you stop doing what God called you to do, we all start suffering from spiritual phantom pain as we miss out on what you were called to do. And, and, and as we start, then we get other parts of our body that start hurting because we're trying to compensate to trying to do something that, that, that only you are called to do. And we need you to do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We need you here. We want you here. You're welcome here. Whether you're weird or whether you think the rest of us are weird. We want you here, Amen. I say that on repeat because I find so often people put themselves out to pasture. They think, well, well, I'm not useful. I'm not I'm not I'm not I got nothing to offer. I want to talk to you about, about some reasons people put themselves out to pasture. But first, let me tell you a story about a friend of mine. who A friend of mine was talking to another guy about how, um, how they view God. And my mate told, told the person he was talking to, he said, well, I view God as a loving father. He's a loving, a providing, and a caring father. And his friend responded and said, that's funny because I think about God as an angry coach waiting to bench me until I prove myself again. And I reckon there's some people in the room that think like that. And can I tell you right now, God did not bench you. If you're on the bench, you benched yourself. If you're on the bench, you benched yourself. You know that? I want to talk about three reasons that Christians bench themselves. There's a fourth reason, but I don't think it's a big reason. The fourth reason is they're just bloody lazy need to get up and do something, right? Um, but I don't think that's the main reason that people bench themselves. I think that, the, 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 the th- I'm gonna, so I want to share the three main reasons. Some Christians bench themselves because of failure in their life, right? So they made a mistake and they think that I'm unworthy now. They, they made a mistake and they think that, well, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I shouldn't do this, you know? Like they messed up, you know? I know lots of people like that who they're going gung-ho, they're serving God, then they they did something bad and and then they put themselves on the bench. See, even when you mess up, God doesn't bench you, God heals you. God doesn't bench you, he restores now now when you mess up, there may be a there may be a season where you're like, I just need to step back and just get ministered to, right? That's that need to be on welfare for a few moments, you know what I mean? But you're not supposed to be on the bench, you're not supposed to live on the bench, you're not supposed to stay on the bench. If you're on a bench, you put yourself there. But even in those moments where you like, you know, where you gotta step back and, and heal. There's still things you still need to serve God in those moments. There's still there's still people that need to be loved. There's still people that need to be served. There's still something that needs to be done. It just may be different for a season. You hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> but God didn't bench you. You benched yourself. So do, you all heard of Peter. Peter, the disciple Peter. Yeah. So Peter denied Christ. That's a big deal. See, we're all like adultery and lying and thievery. Jesus literally said, if you deny me, I'll if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. And then Peter did that. You hear, see what I'm saying? It's a big deal to be like, I don't know. You know what? If my wife is like, I don't know, Jesse, that's brutal. If if I tell you that I don't know her, I'm not married to her, I've got nothing but bad intentions in that moment. Right? It's not healthy, it's not good. Peter says, I don't know him. They're like, yeah, you do. I don't know him. They're like, yeah, bro, you do. And a third time, he's like, listen, I don't know that man. Three times he denied knowing Christ. And that same guy we see preaching to crowds of thousands leading the first megachurch altar call ever where thousands of people gave their lives to Christ. That's the same guy who three times denied Christ before men. Same guy did that. God used him. He failed. God used him. Amen. What about Paul? Paul the apostle. He's violent. He's incredibly violent an evil history, has an encounter with God, God heals him, God prepares, God equips him, God calls him, God anoints him, and then he writes a a chunk of the New Testament on behalf of God to you and me. That's incredible. Have you heard of John Mark? John Mark came from a very influential church family in the early church. He went on a missions trip with the Apostle Paul. Halfway, he's like, ah, the mosquitoes, I hate it. I'm going home, you know. And bails on them. Anyone been on a missions trip with a kid like that? You know? Yeah. Just want to throw him through a window? Don't do it. But, but like that kid, John Mark was that kid. He, ba- he left, they, they needed him though. He left them high and dry and went home to his family and, 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 and bailed on them. And Paul was mad at him. He was mad at his friend for even bringing him, right? And it caused a rift between Paul and another friend. They having a fight because of this idiot over here. And then, and then later on, we see years later, Paul is in prison, and he writes saying, "But it's all right because John Mark is with me, and it's all right because John Mark has been a great comfort to me in prison." And we see John Mark, who bailed and left them high and dry, serving God by serving the Apostle Paul in prison. Listen, he makes all things new. I don't know what you did, but I know you're still called. He called you, amen, and he'll keep you, amen. I don't know what you did, but I know you're still called. We have this idea that someone is called until they mess up, right? Like, well, this here is a symbol, and today it's going to be a symbol of a person, all right? So we're going to call this guy David, all right? Everyone say, hi, David. All right, this is David. Hello. All right, um, so I told you I'm weird, right? Now, so this is David. Now, how we picture it is that God's like this. I need to find a perfect person who will not mess up. Where are they all? No, no, no. Oh, there's David. He's amazing, and he'll never make a mistake. David, you're called and anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a minister of the gospel. Go get him, son. But, and, then, and then what ha- we think then, and then David sleeps with someone he shouldn't, and, and we're like, we think that God's like, "What? I can't believe that happened. Gabriel, you were right. We should have picked Steve. I don't know why we picked this guy, right? He's not surprised. He's not. And people, God knew what David was going to do before David did it. God knew what David was going to do before God even called David. See, we're like, well, he knew he could. No, He knew he would. Yes, he hoped he wouldn't, but he knew that he would. Do you hear what I'm saying? God, God looked at his life and goes, "That dude is going to cheat on his wife. I can still use him." Now I am not for a moment suggesting that we should go that, that sin doesn't matter. It's not what I'm doing. In fact, I have had it up to freaking here with pastors and leaders walking out on their families. I've had it up to here. How hard is just don't have sex with someone you're not married to. Like seriously, stop it. I'm frustrated by it. But the grace of God is without... The callings and the anointings of God is without reproach. And even in spite of our biggest failures, that guy, God still said, is called to be a minister of the gospel. It doesn't make sense, but that's the grace of God. If God was looking for someone perfect, he wouldn't be able to use any of us. There's something that you did. There's something that you will do. But instead, God says, i got a plan for that man or for that woman's life. I know they're going to mess up. But if they humbly come before me and say, God, I know that i done messed up. But if you can use anything, would you use me? He'll say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Now, look, when a pa- I, get, I get annoyed when pastors have make a mistake like that. And then they just keep going as if nothing happened. I'm like, look, there does need to be a season of healing. Absolutely. If something like, we need to get off the stage, and we need a we need a, we need a season of healing, not not a week, seasons of healing. Right, and restoration and submission to authority in our lives. But I'm telling you, even in those seasons, we are still called to minister the gospel, to love people, to serve people in the house of God and out of the house of God. Amen. We're still called. And then that moment will come back where David is on the stage again preaching the gospel. God knows. God knows. It's truth, it's grace. Amen. Truth and grace. Don't let your sin or your failures put you on the bench. It's time to unbench yourself. Amen. Another reason Christians um, bench themselves is because they feel unqualified. They might be like, "I don't have the skills." They're like Napoleon Dynamite. I got no skills. You know, like listen. If God calls you, God qualifies you. Okay, I'ma rush through this one because I want to get to the next one. All right. So, so if God calls you, God qualifies you. You don't need a degree. There's nothing wrong with a degree. That's actually not even true. There are some degree. I'm like, who needs a degree in flipping Indian lesbian studies? Like, I don't even know what that... Anyway. Um, you don't, sorry, I don't even know what that degree is. I'm like, why is that even... Anyway. Um, you, if God calls you, God qualifies you. You hear what I'm saying? You, I'm, I'm, I'm not waiting for your PhD before you can serve God, all right? Like, like when I'm hiring staff, I'm not like, show me your PhD. I'm like, show me your heart after God. And I want to see evidence of the calling of God on your life. And that's who I want to hire, amen? People who love the Lord, serve the Lord. You know, almost all of our staff served God first. And most of them don't have a degree. Most of them don't. One of them's got a higher degree than I do but he's, not, he's just as dumb as me. <laughs> just kidding, Pastor Sean, you're awesome. <laughs> Come on, you've got to unbench yourself. If, you're waiting, if God called you, God qualified you. I just need to move on because I think this is one of the biggest reasons people bench themselves is they start to compare themselves. When Christians start to compare themselves, they begin to devalue themselves or they begin to devalue you. When I compare myself to Joe, I'm either going to devalue Joe or I'm going to devalue me. I'll devalue me by being like, well, I'm not as good as Joe, so I'm going to bench myself. Or I'll, or I'll devalue Joe and be like, oh, he ain't as good as he thinks he is. I'm better than that loser. And then I'll remove myself because I, I think that he thinks he's too good. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? This comparison game, right, that, that we all play. Whenever we compare ourselves to other people's positions, we devalue somebody. Well, because I'm not an I. That's what this passage talked about, didn't it? Well, because I'm not an I, because I'm not a leader, because I'm not seen, right? Like, because I'm not on stage, right? Like, like, we still need you. We don't need 3,000 preachers, but we do need you to be you, all right? We, we do need you to do what you can do. And we need the preacher to do what the preacher can do. It's funny, I, I always have, every now and again I have a guy who turns up to church and he's like, I'm a, it's never a lady. The ladies are like humble, I think, I don't know. But I, every now and again I have a guy, he's like, hey, God sent me here to preach for you. And I'm like, when he tells me, we'll talk. So many people, they're just, Boom, right out the gate. Listen, well, well. oh, he didn't let me preach. Because I don't get to preach, I'm out. Like like everybody thinks everybody's called to be the leader or a leader and no one's called to serve anymore. But Jesus said it's greater to come and serve than it is to come and lead. So in fact, biblically, you got a cool gig. You hear what I'm saying? Like we listen to Gary V on Instagram or something. we're like, everybody's going to be a business owner. You heard that? Everybody, everybody needs to start their own... No, not everybody needs to start their own business. Number one, who's going to work at it if everybody owns their own business? Who's going to work at any of them? Because I still want to eat a Big Mac every now and again. And I know the owner ain't up in there making enough Big Macs for everybody, right? Right? So who's going to make, who's going to serve? who's going to do the other things? You aren't all called to own your own. Some of you will go and start your own business because Gary Vee said so online, and then you're going to blow your life up because you were never called to be that person. Stop trying to be somebody else's gifting and do what God's called you to do. <clears throat> Come on, God's called you to do something, right? Like we, we have this... Um, oh uh, we have this idea, the success. Is is money and position. Like that success gets get, gets quantified by, by 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 our position and our and our net worth. Listen, your net worth is not your true worth. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concept created by people that value position and money over over character and influence. A hundred percent, right? Like we, like we say things like this, right? Like here's a classic example of, of how messed up this is. People say, well, well men ha- have, ha- have more success in this culture than, than, than women. Well, well, why? Well, because they, they tend to be in more leadership positions and they tend to earn more money so they're more successful. What a narrow definition of success is that? The, the, the men have it better because of a, because of a position and, 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 and because of money? Well, there's a number of reasons. Why? Because like, for example, not all women, and I'm not telling women they have to, but most women tend to want to stay home and look after the children after they've had children. And then 20 years later, go back to the workforce. And so therefore they get paid less because they have 20 years less experience. That makes sense. Right? All right. Now, but even if that wasn't the case, are we gonna go with money and position as the definitions of success? Well, if that's true, do you know what else happens? to they They're 180 something times more likely to die in war than any women. They die on average seven years younger than all the women. Did you know these things, right? So what success is that? What, what? are you serious? More men are estranged from their kids than women. Oh, but they earn more. Who cares about the money or the title or the position? We got to stop comparing ourselves based on these narrow definitions of what is and is not success. Come on. No, oh, it's easy for you. You're just some guy up. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I would rather live longer and enjoy a better relationship with my kids and not get shot in a war than have some influential leadership position and get paid more. Take the money. Give me a longer life with my kids. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? And yet we've defined success like this. And because of this ridiculous definition of success that comes from position and money, we compare ourselves based on position and being seen or not seen. We start to make false assumptions about people. And we get frustrated. Well, that person's always out there and they're never out here where I am. Never do this, right? Like the cleaner starts to devalue the clean toilet. They don't only devalue others, they devalue themselves. Well, because I'm not doing that, you know, well, all I do is clean the toilet. Well, look, we need a clean toilet. You know, 70% of people won't come back to a business because the toilet was dirty. Did you know that? That's insane, isn't it? 70%. So at church, people shouldn't care about that. But guess what? Unsaved people turn up at church too. So let's have a clean toilet, please. Can you imagine if the hand, the hand is like, OMG, I'm so tired of the tongue. The tongue never cleans the toilet. I ain't gonna clean the toilet anymore until I see that tongue come and clean the toilet. Right? Are you kidding me? So the the hand's like, ain't doing it anymore. Look, the tongue ain't gonna clean the toilet because it wasn't designed for cleaning the toilet. All right? That's not what the tongue was designed for, my friend. Imagine the tongue gets mad. Oh, I'm so mad. How come the finger ain't never get bitten by the teeth? Anyone ever do that? just bite your tongue all the time? Anyone else get really mad? Hands up if like, you get like crazy mad when you bite your tongue. Like I lose my mind. Like, like in the moment, I'm like angrier at, 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 at biting my tongue than I am at like world poverty or something. You know what I mean? Like, like not, not really, but at that moment, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me, tongue? 39 years, you ain't figured out where the teeth are at? 39 years, you can't figure this out? Like, I literally start saying stupid stuff like that to my tongue. Like, you listening, tongue? You know, like, I get so mad at it, right? Imagine the the tongue getting mad at the fingers. How come you ain't never get bitten? Or my eyeballs get mad? Have you ever, ever, like, cut up some chili peppers and then touch your eyeball? Hands up if you've done that, right? Right? Like, I don't mean these little jalapenos that you have over here, or as I call them, jalapenos. Like, like, I don't even... Americans are like, oh, these spicy jalapenos aren't spicy. I'm talking like red Thai chili peppers. Come on, right? Like the stuff that Lauren and I make harissa out of, right? That's a chili paste. And I remember one time we're making this stuff and the next day I touched my my eyes and it burned. Yeah, but why? Because my tongue's the thing that's supposed to taste stuff. My eyes not. Imagine my eye, because I have a latte or or twelve every day, right? Imagine one day my eye's like, How come the tongue always gets to taste the latte? Why don't I ever get to taste the latte? All right, here you go. Ah Right? Like my eyeball is not meant to taste my latte. Do you hear what I'm saying? It sounds ridiculous, but scripture calls us the body of Christ. And we get so mad that some other part isn't doing the part that you do. And you don't even know, maybe the eyeball did taste the latte one time. It sucked, for sure, right? Like, you don't know. The eye's not supposed to do it. The eye's supposed to see the latte and be like, oh, look at that latte art up on there. Isn't it beautiful? And the hand is supposed to pick it up and be like, I got purpose, baby. This, this, I'm moving this thing. It's going to give me nourishment and energy so I can do all the other things I need to do later on. It's going to tip it in my mouth. My tongue's going to be like, yeah, glory to God. <laughs> Get that caffeine up in my body right now, right? Like, like, like there's, there's a, we all got a role to play. Every one of us has a role to play. And instead of getting mad about what the other one is or is not doing, We should be thankful that they are doing what they were called to do and thankful that i got purpose in this journey too. Y'all have purpose here. Your value is not determined by your net worth or by your position or by how many people see you do it. Your value is determined by the fact that you are a child of God created in His image. Set apart for good works even before you were born, God. Set good works apart for you and you only to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. So don't compare yourself to others. We need you to be who you were created to be. So I want to begin to close with this. Sometimes when we read a passage like this, We go well. There's eyes and there's hands and there's feet. Which one am I? It's a valid question. Which one am I? I find it interesting that in here Paul doesn't say. So if you do this quiz, it's gonna. It's not out yet, but it's gonna be called Strength Finders. And if that one doesn't work, try the Enneagram. You notice he didn't say that. There's no quiz. can't look at your natural skills and be like that's what it is but so often people read it and they're like well which one am i my hand and my feet what am i i want to give you some advice that's going to help you determine help you begin to discover what your calling is all right or help you be in the right place where your calling finds you is probably a better way to say that the first one is trust your pastors and your leaders We have about 17 paid uh, paid staff here, full-time and part-time. And we've got three more starting in the next couple of weeks, next three, four weeks. And they're all great people. We've just always had such great people on staff here. We've been so blessed all the way from the very beginning to right now. And we've just always had such wonderful people on staff here. Even ones that aren't on staff now, just incredible people, right? But what we need you to understand is, God put them over you to help you. God put them there to help you. You should trust them. That's not super super um, popular in two thousand and twenty two, is it? Like trust your leaders, trust your pastor. You know, like a, a friend put a thing up on Instagram um, this week, and he, he, and and I shared it. I took a screenshot and then I shared it. And um and y'all do that all the time, right? You know, like like I, I didn't say this. He said this. I'm just showing you what he said. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Y'all do that when I post stuff about all the hot topics going on in the world right now. Y'all do that, you know. You're like, I, I didn't say this. Pastor Jesse said this. I'm just showing you what Pastor Jesse said, right? Right? I know you do that, don't I? And so I did that to my friend Ryan this week, and he put this thing up. It's funny. I loved. I'm like, this is so funny. When you ask someone, "What's your favorite verse?" they're like, "I can do all oh, things." through Christ who gives me strength. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers but is delighted in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away but the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. That's, That's probably it. But nobody ever comes back and goes, you know what my favorite verse is? Obey your pastors as they watch over your soul. Ain't nobody's favorite verse. Am I right or am I right? Right? Because it ain't cool in 2022. But listen, they love you. I don't just hire people who I'm like, man, these people are gonna mess you up. No, no. We, 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 we hire people and we appoint people and we anoint people and we pray for people who God has called, who God has called. And and they're gonna watch you. And, And I wanna encourage you to serve them. Serve them and ask them to help you be in the right place that your calling finds you. Don't be like, you got one week, Pastor Sean? Ain't gonna happen that way. All right, you, you got a, almost all of our staff, in fact, I'm sure it was all of them actually, served before they were ever paid. Ever. Now that doesn't mean you're ever going to be on staff. I'm not saying that at all. You might be, I don't know, a couple of thousand people in church already. There's a couple few years, probably I don't know, probably three or 4, thousand people coming on the weekend, I don't know. We'll need some more staff but we're gonna need people to serve and volunteer and we're gonna need people to look after kids and and maybe you'll find your calling as you just start serving. But I can tell you this, those who who won't serve without a title will never get a title in the kingdom of God. So while you try to discover if you're a hand or a foot, I wanna encourage you to use your hands and use your feet right now since you've got them. Am I an eye? Am I a hand? Am I a foot? Honestly, I don't know for all of you. But I do know that you have eyes to see, you have feet to carry you to the restroom, and you got some hands that can clean that thing. Oh, that, 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 I'm above that. No, you're not. No, you're not. We all got roles to play, but we also got other things. We can all do anything as well, right? We, we can meet the need in front of us, right? We can meet the need that's right there in front of us. Just this week I was, um, you know, we'll get there in a minute. I think that many of us, if we just stop trying to searching so hard for our calling and just start serving in the season and the place that you're in right now, your calling will find you. Just start serving in the season. Amen. So how do we do that? Well, you see a dirty toilet? Clean it. Do you love your church? I ain't rolling rhetorical right now. Do you love your church? Give me a wave and say yes if you do, right? You love your church? Someone didn't put their hand up? Take their name, right? But if you love your church, then then, then why wouldn't you deal with the mess in the toilet? Right? Like, why would you just ignore that? I'm not saying that's been happening. That's not what I'm saying. But, but why would you ignore it if, if you did see it? Like like at your house, if you had guests coming over for dinner and you saw some nasty in the toilet, you would clean that before your guests come over. Am I right? Hands, come on. Would you clean that? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. If you love your church and you know that every week there's going to be some guests come, there's going to be some new people come, well, well, why wouldn't you clean that before they come in the door? Well, why wouldn't you? you you love your church, you, you love them. You know that statistics say that 70, did I say this already? Yeah, 70, if, they were, if 70% of new people are gonna bail, why would we not clean that toilet again? You hear what I'm saying? Like, why not? Just this week, I was at a restaurant that I really, really liked three different times. And the first time I went to the, to the bathroom and I, and I walked in the door and I, and I lift up the seat and I'm like, Wah! Nasty. And I'm telling you, there's all kinds of nasty in there. It was the worst. And I walked out, and I went around to the other door, and I went into the other restroom. And then the next day, I came back again to that same restaurant, and I walked into that room, and, I'm, and I was like, oh, good Lord, help me. You know when it's just so nasty that it's in you now? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when the mess is just so particularly nasty that seeing it, it's now stuck in your brain forever. Well, that's what that was. And I saw it again. It was that same nasty mess that was there yesterday. And I'm like, I'm, I'm walking out and I'm like, I should, I should probably clean that since it's still there the next day. But, but, but I did that moment. You know, you know men, when you like, you smell your kid, In a diaper and it stinks real bad and you're like there is a hot mess up in here and you're like I should clean that so my wife doesn't have to but then you walk away and then she smells it and you're like oh I did not know y'all know what I'm talking about so I did that moment just up there in the toilet and I'm like walk out I'm like I know I should but I'm out I come back. I could not believe that it lasted three days because it's a great place. It's a good establishment and they are clean. I don't know. Maybe someone was in there every single time that the, that, that the cleaner came. I don't know what happened. But I came into that third time and I was like, I went in and I was like, and I was like, man, that is nasty. It's still there. So I'm like, you know what? I got to clean that. Because there's a reason. Do you know why that mess was still there? Because the person who was supposed to clean it didn't clean it. And I was the person that was supposed to clean it. Because I saw it. So then I grabbed that nasty brush next to it. And I put it. And I cleaned it. Can we do that at church too? See, there are cleaners who it's their job. And now the cleaner may never see you ever do it. See, it doesn't mean you should never help. It doesn't mean you should never, but the cleaner should be happy doing what they're called to do. You should be happy doing what you're called to do. And then the cleaner should be happy bringing the pulpit when we ask. And I should be happy cleaning the toilet if I see that it's still messy before the new people are coming. We serve each other. We honor each other. We look after each other. We value each other, amen? And we value the new person. Would you all stand up with me? So here's the thing. Am I a hand? Am I a foot? I don't know which one you are, but I do know that you have hands and I do know that you have feet. And I do know that when there's a muddy floor you could help with it and I do know that that, that that when there's hungry people our church hands out a couple of hundred bags feeds a couple of hundred families every single week uh, three times a week you could help them I, I also know that, that that we pack food on Monday nights from five, at five o'clock uh, right here in the lobby and you could come help pack the bags of food to bless the people that are hungry I do know that you could serve on the on the on the gotcha crew and open the door for somebody so that the second that they walk up the steps, they know that somebody saw me and somebody noticed me. I do know that you can serve on the youth team after a background check, and you can serve on the kids team after a background check, and you can serve on the offering team after a background check, but you can serve on any other team without a background check, and you're welcome to. You can serve the women, you can serve the men, you can come to a prayer meeting in the morning and serve by praying for people, you can go to study classes too and at the study class you can get to meet people and begin to build relationship with people so that you can invite them over for coffee or for dinner and disciple them or be discipled by them, that you can invite people to your house for dinners, you can go to coffee with people and serve by loving on people, you can you can serve at the cafe here and you can use your hands that you have, whether you are a hand or or not, you can use your hand and give someone a free coffee. You can mow the lawns. You can visit people in hospital. You know, we had like seven babies born in three weeks at Eternity Church just recently. You could take them a meal. Come on. You could serve on the worship team. Come on. God, would you please use me? And I look on the news and hundreds of houses are destroyed by tornadoes. And they're literally asking people, can you come out and help? God, what do you want me to do? Am I a hand or am I? I don't go use your hands and feet. Amen. I don't know what you are, but I know what you have. And if you want to find the are, ah, use what you have. Amen. As you serve people, you serve God. You know the sheep and the goat story? God, when did we see you naked and not clothe you? Well, what you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. When we don't serve, we don't serve God. We need to shake off all the reasons we put ourselves on the bench and get back on the team. I don't know who you are, what you've done, or where you've been. You are welcome here. And you have a role to play here. And We are better with you. You're not just better with us. We are better with you. Amen. I want to pray for people right now before I move on. We'll be done in about six minutes. Um, If you're here and you're on the bench, I want to encourage you to unbench yourself. You bench yourself, it's time to unbench yourself. Unbench yourself. You can do that by coming to our crew night on March 31st at 6pm where we're going to have food, worship, a word, I'm preaching a word. I'm also going to share the vision for out the front with our crew first before anybody else so you can come to that. There's food, worship, ministry, expo where every single serve team in the church has a booth set up around the church where you can ask them how do I serve on the worship, how do I serve the gotcha crew, how do I serve kids, they'll answer your questions, sign you up and they'll help you. You can do that. But if you're here, I want to pray for you, particularly for those who have benched themselves because of failure or comparison. So if everyone could close their eyes. Just close your eyes. If that's you and you have benched yourself because of failure or because of comparison, I'm going to pray for God to release you in Jesus' name. Help you realize your worth is not determined by position, money, or other people's vision, but by God. Well, no one's looking around. If you want me to pray for you, would you lift up your hand right now? Just lift up your hand right now. Yeah, hands all over this place. Hands all over this place. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down if you want. I actually, I wasn't going to do this. And just now I'm realizing, I actually think that a lot of you need to come down the front for prayer. And I didn't mean to trick you. That wasn't my intention. I'm just realizing right now that, and I think you know in your heart, you're like, man, I need to deal with this. Could you just come down the front? I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you all together. Just come down the front. You've benched yourself because of qualification or because of um, comparison. Just come down the front. We've got people coming. There we go. Look at that. People all over the place. Come on down. You are not the sum of your past mistakes, my friends. You're not what you did. You're not what they said you are. You're not what they say you did. Come on. God's got a great plan for your life, regardless of what you've done. Even if the dumb thing you've done has been comparing yourself to other people, he still has a great plan for your life. Would you stretch your hands out towards my brothers and sisters down the front? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single one of these people. God, first I pray for those who are stuck in comparison well I'm not an eye well I'm not a foot well I'm not this well I'm not that well I don't have this gift being like Moses well I'm not eloquent well I'm not good with speech well I'm not good God I pray in the name of Jesus that you break comparison off their lives set them free from that devaluing garbage Lord God that is always looking at what other people are doing or what other people aren't doing and causing them to get bitter at others or bitter at themselves Lord God I pray in the name of Jesus that you break that off their lives God God, right now, in the power of your Holy Spirit flood their hearts, their minds, their bodies and set them free from that destructive disease of comparison in Jesus' name. They don't need to be somebody else and they don't need somebody else to be them. God, they need to value each other and value themselves. And I pray in the name of Jesus that above all, they would leave today knowing that I am who God says I am. And that's enough for me. That's, I'll be what God tells me to be. I'll do what I'm called to do. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm gonna be faithful in the little and the lot, whatever it is, I wanna serve God and serve people and fulfill my role in Jesus' name. And God, for those of us here who are st- stuck on the bench because of failure. God, I pray that you would renew in them a heart that understands that you don't bench people, you heal people. You don't throw people away, you make people new. You don't give up on people, you restore people, Lord God. So I pray first and foremost, that if the healing's not complete, that you keep working in their lives today. God, if they haven't humbled themselves, if they haven't offered themselves to you, I pray you start to work and move in their lives in Jesus' name. Lord God, that they would be healed from their own mistakes, from the things other people did to them as well. And God, I pray that you would help them not to, not, to, um, not to qualify themselves based on what they have or have not done right or wrong in their lives, but they would know that if you called them, you qualified them and you've restored them and they are called to serve. God, I pray for everyone in this room. God, just help us to use our hands and use our feet right now. We know that as we continue to grow, we're gonna need people to love people, to open doors to people, to give coffees to people, to, to love the kids, to love the youth, to love the women, to love the men. Lord God, we're gonna need people. So God, help us all to have a heart that doesn't live on spiritual welfare, but contributes to the needs of the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, church. Can you give it up for God in this place? Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.